Welcome to the Capital Integrative Health Podcast, a podcast dedicated to transforming the consciousness around what it means to be healthy and understanding the root causes of both disease and wellness. I am Dr. Andrew Wong, co-founder of Capital Integrative Health, an integrative practice committed to expanding access to holistic root cause medicine to the global community. Today, we are bringing you a special conversation with two of our own amazing medical assistants, Tope and Akil. Tope and Akil joined our practice as medical assistants and both are planning to attend medical school next year. We had a great conversation today about how their experience here at Capital Integrative Health has shaped their vision of healthcare and how they hope to see integrative health brought to the forefront of medical care in the future. Welcome Akil and Tope to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank, Thank you, you. glad to be here. So let's start first about some basics. What do you do at our practice, Capital Integrative Health? What brought you to CIH? Yeah, so I am a medical assistant. I'm actually Dr. Wong's. I'm your medical assistant. Uh, so you're like kind of your right-hand man. And I do a decent amount of things, you know, starting with triaging the patient, uh, getting their vitals, starting out. You know, we do an array of different tests such as EKGs, lung spirometries. And recently we started allergy testing a couple months ago. In addition to, you know, just responding to any patient concerns, anything that they need, such as medications, referrals, whatnot. Um, And a big part of our job is being an integrative and functional medicine clinic. We have a bunch of unique different tests. So a lot of my job, too, is patient education on those specialty labs and things that you are not normally getting at your day-to-day doctor's office or your conventional doctor's office. And I mostly work with the clinical assistant team, so we do a lot of procedures such as our evoke brain scans, our vital scans to test your nervous system. We also take a look at your stomach acid with the Heidelberg testing, and then we also run the red light. Great. Well, thank you both so much, and obviously you both do such a great job. We're so happy to have you here. Grateful. Uh, What are your long-term goals, and do you have any specialties in mind? Uh, We can talk about both of you. Congratulations. You both have gotten into medical school recently. Thank you so much. Thank you. Very happy about that. Oh, yeah, so happy. So proud of you. Uh, So I guess long-term goal-wise, obviously, like, a physician is one of the – that's the end goal. But I guess the thing throughout this whole process it taught me, it's like it's not just becoming a physician, it's what kind of physician do you want to become? And that's not just specialty-wise, right? Some of the specialties I'm involved in or I I want to be – I'm interested in our primary care. That's a huge one. Endocrinology, that's another big one. Uh, gastroenterology is probably my favorite out of all the subspecialties. But in terms of long-term goals in type of physician, a lot like Dr. Wong, I want to be that inclusive physician. You know, I want to be a physician that's able to meet the patient where they're at and, you know, kind of cater your health care, your plan to what that patient is going through. And how I'm going to get there. I'm not sure yet. I think I took the first step with medical school and I have the experience of CIH. So I know that it can be done. So those are, those are some of my goals. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can tape another episode in four years from now and have you both back on here. This would be great to kind of have a reunion at that point to see what happens after medical yeah. school when you guys decide. And what about you, Tope? Uh, for me, uh, I think uh, my thoughts are in a similar vein as Akil, which is definitely, I do want to be a doctor that definitely, I guess, hears out their patient, works with their patient, and really just like forms a solid connection with them. Um, When it comes to my specialty, I'm also looking at endocrinology, and then also dermatology seems pretty cool too. I'm super interested in that. It's been a recent, I guess, uh, interest of mine. Um, 
also maybe who knows maybe someday we'll decide to open up a little practice of our own <laughs> we'll see what the future holds though that's awesome everyone loves skin health you know mm-hmm. definitely can't go wrong with that and certainly 88 to 90 percent of people have metabolic syndrome and have many issues with blood sugar and being overweight and hypertension and things like that so those are great potential specialties what motivated you both to pursue medicine in general yeah, so I feel like I'm writing my personal statement again with this answer. <laughs> We've had to like answer this question a lot. But so it, it was a couple of different factors for me. Um, number one, specifically, my cousin, uh, he's autistic and he was like my best friend growing up. And, you know, I kind of saw that he wasn't getting the health care that he needed. And, you know, it was it was so interesting how to navigate that with him. And I would, you know, observe some of the physicians that would work with him. And I saw that the effect that they were having on my cousin and also, like, the care that they gave to our family, just a peace of mind with the patient education. And that was my first, I was like, oh, this is something really cool that I kind of want to get into. And then over the years, you know, I, I studied neuroscience at the University of Michigan, so that's how I kind of got into it from there. And over the years, I after graduating, you know, I worked in research in the D.C. area. Um, I worked as a scribe. I worked all these different types of jobs in the medical field. And then I was like, okay, I think that after all these experiences, I think... I want to be in charge of the healthcare plan, and the only way to really do that is if I become a physician. So that that's what it brought me to that direction. Great, thanks, Akil. And then for me, uh, my mom actually has been a nurse pretty much since I was born. So she's been a huge, uh, I guess, role model and motivator for me. Uh, she's actually an NP now, and I remember like throughout my youth, she was always just like studying books, and I was like right next to her, like at her hip. So that's kind of what got me interested in medicine, just watching her do her thing. And I guess after that, uh, I went to high school and was able to do this, like, type of early medicine program where you got to train as, like, a CNA. So we got, like, actual hospital experience. And then that was kind of my actual, like, true foray into, like, medicine. And that's when I really realized, like, oh, I really, like, I can't see myself actually doing a job where I'm not actually connecting with people and, like, helping manage their healthcare outcomes. So that's really what solidified, like, this is what I want to do for sure. Then after that, I, of course, went to undergrad and did some volunteering here and there with different, like, clinical work but uh CIH was I guess my real first like actual clinical job and I really love the process it's been amazing so that's kind of what solidified me that will solidify to me that I definitely want a future in medicine when did you become interested in integrative health integrative medicine um so I'll say probably sometime within my first week of working here uh, I met you and I shadowed you and you were super passionate about what you're doing. And I was like, OK, I'll take a look at this. We'll see what's going on. And then I remember uh, Christine, our practice manager, she actually gave me some homework to actually look at what like what was functional medicine, what was integrative medicine. And as I did my own research, like late at night, I was like, oh, this is actually what I want to do. This is type of medicine that kind of takes a look at the patient's like kind of like their whole history, their whole body, like everything about them. And then uses that to kind of like tweak their health and actually like give them the best healthcare outcomes as opposed to just like maybe just shoveling something at them and just being like, okay, just use this one thing because people are a little more nuanced. Kind of taking a deeper dive into yeah. things. And like you said, I think people are really listening to them. And how about you, Akil? So for me, it kind of started with kind of my own personal medical issues. I, I have some thyroid problems and nothing was really helping me out. You know, it, it even took a while for a doctor to diagnose me with that. So after that, I did a ton of research um, into, okay, thyroid health, autoimmune disorders, and this and that. And I noticed how diet and all these other external factors and internal factors outside of just taking medication could, you know, hugely benefit your overall health. And it was so obvious to me. I was like, yeah, of course, eating healthy would make Mm -hmm. me feel healthier. But 
I did a deep dive into it. It's like, oh, there's certain foods you should stay away from. There's certain diets you should try out. Um, you know, meditation's an important thing. Sleep's an important thing. And I knew they're important, but to what extent, I don't think I really understood until I did my own research. And then, obviously, it brought me to, like, CIH, too. Like, it was a big reason why I applied here and really wanted to get the job here. So. And you found that in your personal life to be helpful, all those nutrition lifestyle pieces with your yeah. thyroid and everything? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's I'm glad that I got such great practitioners here, too, to, like, just bounce off ideas. Like, hey, what do you think about this? Right. So, yeah, it was, it was definitely incredibly helpful. Nice. And do you feel that your experience at CIH has shaped how you see your future role as a doctor? And if so, how so? I'd say definitely, yeah, because before I definitely didn't see myself doing integrated medicine. I didn't even know what it was. But the thought of me being a dermatologist, endocrinologist, and being able to implement like different aspects of integrative medicine, I think I'd be able to actually treat my patients like full as fully as I'd like to or as, I guess, comprehensively as I believe I would wanted to in the first place yes mm -hmm. yeah 100 percent. it has and you know i think a lot of it too is coming from shadowing dr wong shadowing mm -hmm. you specifically right i've shadowed a ton of physicians before and i think you know because your appointments are a little bit longer you're able to kind of know the patient get to know the patient you ask about their family what's your social support system i was like doctors ask that question like mm -hmm. i've never heard that in my life before um, and I think those are the type of questions I've always thought that I wished I would I was like I wish that they asked me as a patient and I saw you doing it and I was like oh it can be done so it's just like what Tope was saying the whole like looking at a patient holistically figuring out all these different factors aside from what is the specific medical issue that you're here for and I think that leads to healthier patients and yeah. true and also just like promoting wellness yeah which is something that I didn't really hear about until I came here, which is funny because like you think like healthcare practitioners would like really promote wellness, but a lot of times um, we won't really actually do that. We'll just look at baseline. Okay, let's just get you to this point. Whereas with integrative medicine, I have seen that they actually decide to say like, okay, let's see if we can like maximize how you're feeling, your energy levels, your tiredness, like your mood. How can we actually help you get to like a hundred percent? Yes, and, and just to add on to what you both said, Dr. Mark Hyman, who's a leading functional medicine doctor, often says that illness and symptoms are, are caused by certain root causes. And so when we focus on wellness, often a lot of times the symptoms go away as a side effect of optimizing wellness. So this is kind of what integrative health is about. Thank you so much for that uh, insight there. Um, what do you hope to uh, gain from medical school? First of all, congratulations again to both of you. Now that you're kind of on your way, yeah. welcome to yeah. the club, um, <laughs> medical school. Um, what do you hope to gain from medical school? And then one corollary question to that, are there any areas that you may foresee being lacking in medical school that you might need to kind of bone up on on the side, things like nutrition and things like that? Yeah, so obviously for medical school, I, you know, I want to gain the basis under, basic understanding of what is medicine, you know, get, understand your biochemics, biochemical uh, classes, your, your genetics, all these different things, and just to get that basic understanding so I can understand and explain to things to patients, for example, hey, this is biochemically what's going on in your body. And also just the patient care, you know, the constant patient exposure and understanding, you know, what do I do if a patient's having a heart attack? You know, in theory, I know about that right now, but not actually, like I don't know what I would do, but 
you know, gaining those experiences and also, you know, maybe even researching a little bit. That's something that I, I got into a couple of years ago. And that's something that I kind of want to continue, specifically studying the gut microbiome. I know you had an episode with RSLE. Like that's something I'm really interested in. Um, and, and some of the areas that I think are lacking, like, yeah, I think I wish there was nutrition classes. I wish there were maybe more classes that would talk about, uh, you know, how do you approach different patients from different demographics? I don't fully know it. Hopefully the school that I go to has all of that incorporated in it. But from my understanding of medical education, I think those are kind of some of the areas that are lacking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The University of Arizona Integrative Medicine Program does have uh, some sort of program for medical schools and residencies. It's on their website, I believe, and they're trying to advocate for more nutrition education, lifestyle mm-hmm. education, integrative health education, and, and medical schools and residencies. So yeah. it is coming. It's sort of slow to, mm-hmm. to change, uh, but uh, but it is coming. So, yeah, thanks for that. And, uh, Topi, what about you? What do you hope to gain from medical school? What I would hope to gain from medical school is definitely just uh, regular old, just like conventional Western medical training, uh, looking for a lot of patient contact and just – kind of just how to communicate with patients. And what I'd say what medical school won't really offer me, which I'm looking for, is definitely just definitely nutrition because they don't seem to offer that really at all. And I found that out when I was working here. That was something I thought they did, but I'm realizing now not as much. I'm also definitely interested in learning about like different modalities of medicine, like Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, and also herbalism too. You'll have to get that after medical school. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm just letting you know right yeah, now. Yeah, the longer um, I study, I'm like, oh, there's more which, training. Which I think <laughs> just Western medicine is a good basis for mm-hmm. kind of building on top of that. It's a great foundation. Mm-hmm. So I think both you know, you'll be well served. You know, wherever you go, there's every medical school is excellent in their own right. So, and um, I think we alluded to this before, but do you think that lifestyle nutrition are important for patient outcomes? How have you seen that work? You know, either here or or elsewhere no it's not important not, <laughs> not important at all okay just we'll yeah. just, give them the pill just take it. your medicine just and then you'll be good yeah, yeah. okay right. um if, yeah of course i mean it's incredibly important like you, you have to if you're having some sort of you know recurring like chronic illness you know i feel like majority of patients at least that we deal with you know here you know they have maybe an autoimmune disorder di- diabetes obesity something is going on that's chronic that can be kind of managed a little bit uh-huh. and managing is not just done through taking the medications it's through your lifestyle like you know are you getting your seven eight hours of sleep every night are you eating healthy are you you know like exercising are you spending time with your family you know doing things that that you want to be doing and so i think that's incredibly you you can't separate that from just that one health issue that you're having like when you address Mm -hmm. your holistic self i think that's when you're able to you know like weed out those other pressing like diseases that's going on in your body yeah, I agree. And definitely I'll say one thing is that uh, doctors definitely give you guidance, but the person who puts in all the work is definitely the patient. Yep. So how they handle like their lifestyle with once again, just like how they handle stress, um, definitely nutrition, exercise, all that plays the biggest role in the patient outcome. So you're saying the patient is in charge of their own outcome, correct? Oh, yeah. They're in charge of their own body. That kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, because I yep. mean, I mean. I guess we can say we. We're all for oh, not yet, but in four years, yeah. I'll say we. But uh, <laughs> you can say it now. You're, you're all right. there. Getting I guess there. I'll say it. Uh, we, <laughs> but we only really get to be with the patient for let's say how long? Like here, which is very fortunate for most patients, like an hour a session. So that might turn out to like be two being two hours a year, mm-hmm. and the patient like they're dealing with the other like how many thousands of hours. 
So it's important for them to actually take care of themselves and maximize that time because that's the time that really, really counts. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you so much. Uh, what other factors do you feel are important to patient outcomes? So things like the patient-practitioner relationship, how the rest of the team integrates with medical system, uh, medical uh, modalities such as acupuncture, body work, PT, et cetera. Well, I think you have to like your doctor or your provider, and your provider has to kind of like you, and that has to work, right? So I think there has to be a baseline of just respect and understanding there. Uh, I feel like a lot of times you may not get that with your, your provider. You're just going to get a checkup. Your doctor doesn't know anything about you, you know, and, and here, you know, you kind of see like Dr. Wong knows about people's family. How, how are your kids doing? Like, are they playing their football game? All these type of things. I think that allows the patient to open up more and talk about what are the reasons you may not be following a certain protocol that you recommended, you know, because there's all these different issues that may be facing it. And I think that's super important, just that relationship to have and just that open and honest understanding so a patient can just truly be themselves and just get, you know, advice from a medical expert. And working in this clinic, how have you seen the integration of different modalities work with medicine, say like nutritionists and acupuncture, body work, PT? How have you both kind of witnessed that? Um, with this clinic, it's really nice because you definitely have everything all together. So when they do see the provider and then you may know that they're, de they're dealing with a certain problem and then you think that, okay, this, this modality might be useful for them. The fact that you can kind of just say, oh, can you go see Liz maybe on Wednesdays or something like that uh, right before your kids like basketball game. So it's really nice how we can ch just kind of like have one thing flow to another as opposed to my experiences just growing up, which is you see a doctor and then they say, okay, you need to go to this other doctor, like all the way across town. And then I end up not going, of course. So it's really nice how everything really is integrated into this like integrative practice, as you can see, so to say. Yeah. I think the nutrition is really cool too. Like I've never seen that at a doctor's office before mm -hmm. where they're like, oh yeah, just go see the nutritionist right across the hall. It's like, really? Like there's nutritionists that you can just, and that makes just so much sense to me to have a nutritionist working at a physician's office or provider's mm -hmm. office because, you know, nutrition and lifestyle, that's so inextricably tied to your overall health. And, you know, if, if a patient is struggling with diabetes, obviously a lot of that is with nutrition issues. Mm -hmm. So go see the nutrition, you can work on that. And therefore, like what Tope was saying earlier, you only see your doctor for maybe two hours a year. And with a nutritionist, you can work more hands-on and spend a little bit more time with them and you're getting like this holistic approach to it. And, you know, like Dr. Wongo says, you take a team, team-based approach to the healthcare plan. And we see that with the nutritionist, with IV nutrition, a whole bunch of different things. Yeah, it takes a village and nutrition is a huge part of it because, you know, food is one of the best, if not the most powerful medicine. So we're really lucky to have amazing nutritionists here. Mm -hmm. Also, just uh, what you had said before is that relationship is really the foundation of healing. And this is really important for all listeners out there, whether you have an integrative doctor, functional doctor, naturopathic doctor, acupuncturist, massage therapist, physical therapist, you know, any kind of Western-trained doctor, right? So basically, it doesn't matter if the relationship is not there. The relationship's got to be there with the practitioner, and they have to trust and respect them. They have to ideally know you as a person, not just as a collection of diagnoses. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's going to be really powerful and helpful for their healing. Yeah. And I'll say, especially for this practice, it's amazing how since everything's all together and the person who you're sending your patient to, you know on a deep level and you see every day, when it comes to just communicating a patient's needs, when it's, when it's a nutritionist's first time seeing a patient, it's kind of not so much because they already know you and you've already shared so much about them with them. 
where they're just extra prepared to treat them. Yeah, the mm-hmm. communication, crosstalk, mm-hmm. back and forth is, is really great. What do you think an ideal healthcare system would be like, and are there any specific changes you would like to see? It's future doctor of the world here <laughs> at Kalen Tope. Uh, so I think we should abolish prior authorizations. I think I, that would be I agree. Great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that, that might yeah. solve 50% yeah. of the issues right there, but uh, great. I, I think... Um, obviously there's a lot of problems with the healthcare system. I think we have a decent one. I think it's not great. I, the one thing that I hate to see is like when a patient is like, oh, I can't afford to do this test. You know, I think that, you know, you shouldn't have to worry about that. If this is truly going to help you in your healthcare, that you should get whatever test needs to be done, whatever protocol needs to be done, whatever treatment. And I think that is a really big issue that, you know, we're constantly facing access and it is access exactly too. And, and, you know, like fortunately, you know, like some clinics will take Medicare, some clinics don't, you know, and there's all these different layers of access to that we have to approach. And, you know, it's a tall task. I know there's a lot of people much, much smarter than me that tried to figure it out that couldn't. So, you know, I just hope that, you know, we can maybe as we get older and me and Tope are like, you know, actual physicians, like we can maybe propose a change or, you know, work through that. You could also run for Congress. That's another Future plans. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I'm okay. There's here. a lot of positions yeah. that have gone for hey, Who knows? Um, Topi, what do you think an ideal healthcare system would be like, and are there any specific changes you'd like to see? Same question for you. So I'm definitely still learning more about the healthcare system. So I don't know if my answer is going to be as beautiful and nuanced as Akil's, but uh, I'll say the healthcare system, at least an ideal one, definitely incentivizes, I'd say, more preventative medicine, because I feel like that's something that's not really as looked at at least when it comes to, I guess, insurance and all that, I feel like they don't give as much value to it as, let's say, like procedures per se, when preventative medicine is really the thing that's going to help people live longer and more healthful lives. Kind of move the needle the most. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. How do you hope to influence the healthcare system as a future doctor? Uh, so you're looking at four years of medical school, prior residency after that, and are there any specific ways of practicing that you would like to work towards doesn't necessarily mean a moda- uh, a specialty, but kind of how would you like to practice? So, yeah, a, a really big thing that I want to do is whatever community that I work in, decide to work in as a physician, I want to make sure that I'm incorporating the needs of that community into my health care. For example, if I'm working in a place that has, you know, extremely high rates of chronic disease that are preventable, you know, have patient education classes, you know, like CIH does, you know, we have those weekly seminars and Zoom meetings. I think that's so incredibly important to have and just so patients can learn, you know, because people want to learn. They just don't know where to look sometimes because there's so much information all over the place. And if they can, they can just go directly to their doctor and be like, hey, doc, like, what is diabetes exactly? What is obesity exactly? How do I reduce this? All these different things. I think would extremely help out your patient population. And that's kind of what I want to do. And maybe even get involved at a younger age, you know, teach classes in a high school, like or, or for high schoolers or middle schoolers, like, you know, every weekend be like, hey, you know, you can learn so you can shadow a doctor and, you know, learn how to suture. Or you can, you know, learn how to use a stethoscope, like little things like that, that I can make a meaningful change in my community. Because I think if you want to actually uplift the health of the whole community of the country of the world, you have to start in your little tiny corner first. Yeah, big changes start small, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's great. Um, so a specific way of practicing I'd like to work towards is definitely just being entrenched in a community and having a huge presence there just so that I can gain the trust of the community so that when they come to me, they know that I'm someone they can trust and they can help them. Um, I'm definitely looking to 
hopefully do something along the lines of what you're doing with this podcast and with what you do with your different classes, where you can just give patients a different avenue to learn more about their health, where they don't necessarily have to come into clinic to see you per se, but they can just access you online and then benefit through that. Telehealth has been a big game changer for access, and I think, as both of you said, knowledge is empowerment, although too much knowledge is probably confusion, right? Too much yeah, information, true. Dr. Google, et cetera. So I think kind of separating it out a bit and seeing what's important, and that can be really helpful for people. Great. Well, we have some time for some fun questions here, some closing questions for this podcast. So first of all, do you have a morning routine, and, and, and what is it? And of course, knowing both of you, does it include push-ups? <laughs> so Tope's morning routine is probably a lot better than mine. I wake up in the morning, I shower, I moisturize, I drink coffee, and I head to work. That's about it. And what kind of coffee are you drinking in the morning? Uh, so I, I guess we just got this new mold-free coffee at CIH, which is pretty good. Um, but I just oh, drink nice. uh, regular. Uh, I, I drink the Trader Joe's cold brew with maybe some oat milk, depending on the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like Trader Joe's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell me, what about you? Um, my morning routine kind of changes every other month, still trying to find a solid one. But uh, right now, yeah, I usually wake up kind of early in the morning, uh, do a little reading, and then do a little studying for Spanish because I'm trying to teach myself Spanish. It's a work in progress, but it's it's moving forward. Put you on the spot. Any uh, favorite Spanish phrases so far? Um, es lo que es. It Which is what it is. It is what it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> es lo que es. Thank you. It's a great one. What book or podcast are you enjoying the most right now, and what is it about, and why do you like it? Well, obviously, the podcast I'm enjoying right now is the CIH podcast. Obviously. That's the one that we're listening <laughs> to, yeah. <laughs> uh, second favorite, though. Yeah, th- my second favorite? Yeah. I don't, uh, uh, podcasts are something I haven't really, really gotten into too much. I'm, I'm trying to work my way into the, the whole sphere of it. But the book that I'm reading right now is I'm reading Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential, which is really cool. You know, I'm, I'm really into cooking. I love, you know, like the whole, like, cooking, chef culture and restaurant culture and all that. So... That, that's something that's been a really cool experience. It's mm-hmm. great. And right now, what am I reading? I'm reading, I'm reading a few things. Uh, one of them, I guess, is this Spanish short, short stories book. It's by Ollie Richards. He's one of these like linguists on YouTube. Um, it's a great book. It has like, of course, short, simple stories that someone who's like beginner to like intermediate level can easily absorb, understand, and learn from. And when it comes to podcasts, uh, one of my favorite right now is it's called Bio Bros. <laughs> it's pretty much this like wellness and like pharmacology podcasts where they talk about like bodybuilding they talk about um, just overall like longevity and it's mostly what i'm pretty interested in right now a lot of because of cih mm-hmm. is it like a, one of the bio- biohacking podcasts maybe like how to yeah. optimize your physiology and yeah it's all about like emotional. optimizing your physiology and all that nice what do you do it what do you do every day to cultivate joy really important mm. i'd say what i do every day is 100 percent. i practice gratitude and then working out for me really just like cultivates joy. I just love moving my body. So just being able to do that every day really brings me a sense of happiness. Yeah. I think for me, just cause like the past couple of months with applications and finishing up my master's program, it's just been a sprint and I haven't really had that much time to rest. So that has not been joyful. So that has not. <laughs> so like I've, I've kind of gotten back into it. I, like some parts of it are great, you know, but I've kind of gotten back into the things that I like to do, um, which honestly like, I like to watch Netflix. I frankly, I like to lay on my couch and I like Let's to watch Netflix. Let's be real. Netflix, Netflix is a like, good. I like to do that. Yeah. To relax, yeah. I like to. You know, I'm the annoying friend who's always FaceTiming you. 
you know, it's like I'm that guy. So it's like I'm calling my friends on my way back from home and saying, "Hey, how you doing?" This he does call quite a bit. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And yeah. it's like, I just love great. being around people. And yeah. it's my mom. Like I call my mom every day, and she's like, "Okay, you're calling me a little too much now. <laughs> like I have stuff to do." But <laughs> but it's you know just being around people. And obviously, like Tobe is saying, I've like recently got back into working out too. So and listening to music, you know, caught yeah. up with a whole bunch of music I haven't listened to in a Any while. Any favorites? So. Both of you, music. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, right now, I'm getting back into 50 Cent again. Listen yeah, to a lot of 50. Cool, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> I, uh, there's a new Don Tolliver so, uh, album that came out. And then also Snow Allegra, which is a great R&B artist. And you should check her out if you guys are in, into R&B. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do a little quiz for you guys. And this is not going to be graded or uh, <laughs> be a prerequisite to medical school admission at all. Um, we kind of talk about here about these five lifestyle uh, aspects, smart lifestyles so of mm-hmm. sleep mindset activity real food and ties i'm just kind of curious after working here for a while seeing patients and implementing these smart lifestyles yourself which of these would be most important to you and why sleep sleep frankly i think sleep is a huge one for me Mm. um i i normally am a pretty low energy type person in general so i usually need my my seven to eight hours and when i can get the eight hours of sleep like I notice like my entire day changes. I'm able to think way more clearly, like completely reduce my b- brain fog. Uh, I get way more things done. I feel motivated. I feel happier. All these different things. So sleep is definitely the one for me. Yeah, same here. Sleep definitely for me. I know you guys have seen me around the office when I don't get my sleep. I'm walking around like a zombie. <laughs> yeah. So sleep is something that I've definitely been trying to like optimize, especially over this last like year of applications, which has been the most stress ever. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think once I finally master my sleep, I'll be, I'll be where I want to be, which is soon. Thank you so much, Tope and Akil, for being on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure, and we look forward to uh, following your amazing journeys, both of you, as you move forward with medical school and beyond. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Doctor. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Thanks, CIH.